So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of, Go- of David. Notice, remember David said, I'm going to take your head from you this day. But David didn't have a sword. Whose sword was he going to use? He knew from the very beginning that God is going to give him into my hand and I'm going to do it with a stone. And when he's knocked unconscious, I'm going to take his own sword and I'm going to do the business. All exclaiming, Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Today we learn that Goliath was enraged at David's boldness and quickly drew near to kill David. David didn't run away. He didn't hide. He didn't panic. And he didn't drop to his knees and pray. Instead, the scripture says, David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Many Christians struggle at this very point. Is God supposed to do it, or am I supposed to do it? The answer is, yes, God does it, and we do it. Trust God, rely on Him, and then get to work by doing what God has prepared you to do. That is how the work of God is done. Now here's Pastor Rob. He's like, <laughs> you can just see his helmet and him just kind of rolling back and going, oh, this is going to be fun. I can't wait to rip this guy's arms off. The man of flesh, Goliath, could only see with his eyes and figure things out in the natural. He was unaware at that time, incapable of seeing how God was going to use this young man of little experience to defeat him. So verse 43, so the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods, lowercase g. And so the stick that he's referring to is David's shepherd's staff. So David has his staff in his hand, and Goliath says, Are you going to come out with me with a stick? Are you you serious? Have you been sniffing glue? You're going to come out to me with a stick? Am I a dog? And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Goliath's intention was bodily harm. And notice, then David said to the Philistine, and I love this. This is the stuff that makes great movies. But I'm glad there hasn't been a movie made about this, although I'd love to see it. He says, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. You have defied. You're coming at with me with all this armament, and I've got nothing but the word of God. I've got the word of God on my side, and I've got this sling. And to Goliath, he's thinking, what's that? It's like a fly to me. You throw a rock at my my head, it's going to be like a fly. What's that? It just went by my ear. Oh, it must have been a gnat. Verse 
Verse 46, this day, notice the the zeal and the confidence of David, and I love this. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. Now, did David have a sword? Did David have a sword? He didn't have a sword at all. He's already got it figured out. The Lord has already shown him, I believe, the whole thing, and all he had to do was follow through. (laughs) He says, I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Again, notice his confidence. David was not only going to do what Goliath said he was going to do to David, but David even upped the ante and says, I'm going to take your head off as well. How's that? And can you imagine this warrior just teeming with anger going, oh, I can't wait to get a hold of this guy. Can't wait to get a hold of him. And he's probably just vibrating, just waiting. Because he is taunting. Now David is taunting him, poking his finger, and God has given him the grace to do it. And God is probably telling him, David, say this. This is really going to make him really angry. And then, and then say this. And then tell him that he's a mama's boy. And, and, and say, what is that, Saul? Or what is that, Goliath? Is that, is that pink armor? Oh, sorry, it's just the sun, the way it's hitting. It kind of looked pink. You look like, you know, you should be part of, you know. But I love this. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And that's where David was. He was already seeing the whole thing done. And that's why David could say, I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds of the air. And I'm going to take your head off from you. And I can imagine he's looking at David and going, what are you going to do? Are you going to knock me, hit me several million times with a stick? What are you gonna, how are you going to do that, David? You're not getting this sword from me. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it on. Verse 47, Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, David says, for the battle is whose? Is it David's? Is it Saul's? Is, is it even the king of Israel or the people of Israel? No, he says, the battle belongs to the Lord, and it, it's the Lord's battle, and he will give you into our hand. Notice, he changes the pronoun now. He will give you into our hands. It's not only about me and you, Goliath, but he is going to give you, the whole army, to us. And I love that about David. It wasn't all about him at all. Now he's including all of his brothers who are in the background. Just Their jaws are hitting the ground and going, I hope this turns out good. Notice that David mentioned God's name, Jehovah's name, three times in verse 46 and 47. Whenever you see the Lord in all caps like that, That's Jehovah, Yahweh, the covenant-making God. I love in Psalm 18, David says this, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress. He's my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. And as David is looking at Goliath and he's about ready to run out, he's thinking, you know, that, I was thinking of that Psalm of David. He goes, and David was already thinking about this. Probably wrote it afterwards, but he says in Psalm 55, verse 23, But you, O God, shall bring them down to the pit of destruction. Bloodthirsty and deceitful men shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. And that's exactly what happened with Goliath. In the prime of his life, in the prime of his manhood, God was going to allow him to be vanquished. 
In Psalm 56, verse 3, Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do to me. That's a really good thing to pray when you're up against a battle that you can't seem to win, that the enemy is saying, you're nothing. You're going to lose big time. You might as well just go home. Psalm 61, hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you, and when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever, and I will trust in the shelter of your wings. Love that. David, just so full of faith in God. Do you know that you can be full of faith in God? And do you know that it honors God when you are full of faith in him? When you love him and trust him and do what he says and leave all the details up to him, you just do the right thing and let the details fall out however they will. That's the secret. If, you try to, if you're looking at all the details and think, well, if I do this right thing, all hell's going to break loose, it probably will, and it may. But whose problem is that? Is it yours? No, it's God's. You do the right thing and let him deal with the rest. He's got big shoulders. He can take it, and he will honor you for doing so. Honor the Lord. Trust him. Verse 48, So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Notice, David wasn't scurrying away. He was running with great zeal and anticipation to end this standoff. He's running out into the field. And then David, verse 49, put his hand. Now, I love this. He's running. And then it says, then. So he's on his way. He's running out to meet Goliath. And can you imagine Goliath's face? He's probably thinking to himself, you know, I'm going to. As each moment passes, as he's running toward him, he's probably going, hmm, there's something about this lad that I'm a little bit apprehensive about. He's awfully confident. And again, David wasn't confident in himself, he was confident in the Lord. And I bet he got a little worried. He started to get a little worried as he sees David's face like flint, and he just ran out to meet him. And he's running, and as he's running, he pulls in into his bag, and he pulls out this stone, and he puts it in the sling, and he starts whipping it. And he's running. He's still running, and he's getting this thing, momentum going. And remember, he's got a target about this big. And David is just doing that, and he's just running at him, and he's got that And he's just running, running, and running. And David put his hand in the bag, took out a stone, he slung it, and it struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. What's that? The bigger they are, the harder they fall. And so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Notice, remember David said, I'm going to take your head from you this day. But David didn't have a sword. Whose sword was he going to use? He knew from the very beginning that God is going to give him into my hand, and I'm going to do it with this stone. And when he's knocked unconscious, I'm going to take his own sword, and I'm going to do the business. I love that. This is the kind of stuff where, guys, can you feel the adrenaline? I mean, you ladies are probably going, oh, this is so, such like a guy thing, but it really is. And, and, and I love it. I just I get so excited. I was thinking about having a live reenactment, you know, get a really big guy and a small guy and, and actually do and give them swords and have them go at it. It would be kind of fun to do in a sanctuary, wouldn't it? Or not. (laughs) All right, come on, lighten up, laugh a little bit. All right, we're good? Okay, all right. Now the men of Israel and Judah rose. Can you imagine? They're all excited. 
David does it. He does exactly what the Lord told him to do. And so everyone is excited because this is it. This is the end of the battle. And so they pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley into the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell along the road to Shearim, even as far as Gath and Ekron. And then the children of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines, and they plundered their tents. And David took the head of the Philistine, Goliath, and he brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. And then when Saul saw David going out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? Now, Saul knew who David was, but because David, remember, is insignificant, he was just a guy who played the guitar before Saul. And he probably didn't pay much attention to him. He he was just a, you know... Just someone there to help Saul. You know, he really didn't, oh, oh, David, okay, I'm surprised he remembered his name. But he's like, who is him? Who is his father? Who is his family? Who is this guy? He said to Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, as your soul lives, O king, I don't know. So the king said, inquire whose son is this young man, this young man is. And then as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of Philistine of, of Goliath in his hand. I can imagine David as this, can you imagine? I mean, I just, I gotta, I gotta do this, sorry, but just, you know, grab him by the hair. He's probably got the, you know, big oily locks, you know, probably this big dark hair, you know, and he just grabbed it and coiled it up and he's, Probably, you know, it's probably like that, you know, because his Goliath's head probably weighs like a, two bowling balls. He's holding it there, trophy, and everyone else is just going, what? All the guys are going, I wish I was him. <laughs> I wish I had the guts to do it. And David was a hero overnight, thrust to success overnight. From nobody in obscurity to somebody that the nation knew. And Saul said to him, verse 58, Whose son are you, young man? So David answered, I am the son of your servant, Jesse the Bethlehemite. Notice David didn't say, And oh, by the way, king, did you know that Samuel anointed me just a while back? Do you remember that? He didn't. He wasn't going to usurp authority. And that is the wonderful heart of David. God anointed him, and God, you're going to have to do, you're going to have to figure this out, because I'm not going to, how, how can I get to be the king? You told me I was going to be the king, and I'm just going to rest and wait until you bring it to pass, because I have no power to do, to, to do this, to make it happen. And David was patient, and he had to wait a number of years before it would come to pass. So who is the Goliath? Who or what is the Goliath in your life? Every one of us have a Goliath. It may be a situation that you're in, a circumstance. It could be a person. It could be a group of people. What is the mountain that's in front of you? What is your Goliath? How are you dealing with it? Are you going to try and go at it with your flesh? That's an easy thing to do. It's all, you know, usually what people do. Are you afraid of it, of your Goliath, whatever that is? Are you running from it? Are you medicating yourself to insulate yourself against your Goliath? Where is your faith in God? I've got to ask myself the same question. 
Where is my faith in God when my Goliath is standing in front of me? And I've had a few. Where is our faith? And why are we trying to go in this battle in our own strength, in our own wisdom, and with our own resources? All those other resources are nothing. Jeremiah, God speaking through him, he said, My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. A cistern is supposed to hold water, but every confidence that we have in anything else other than God is a broken cistern. It's supposed to hold water, but it doesn't really do its job, and therefore it's useless to us. But it doesn't keep us from trying to make something happen. It doesn't keep us from trying to do it in our own ingenuity or in our own strength or with our own gifts and talents or abilities. It doesn't keep us from doing it. Why? Because of our pride. Because of my pride. I need to trust the Lord. Psalm 121 says, I will lift my eyes to the hills. That hill could be an obstacle. That hill could be your Goliath. Notice, I will lift my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He who made heaven and earth, that's who my helper is. All of a sudden that mountain becomes not so significant anymore. But see, we don't know that unless we trust the Lord and step out in faith and watch what God does. I believe faith is often like a muscle. If we don't use it, it becomes atrophied and it becomes weak. And then we're unable and unwilling to use it. Pray, and then seek the Lord, and then step out in faith. Do the right thing, always. Do the right thing. Don't try to finagle it yourself. Trust the Lord. And when you have that victory, when you have that victory, you're going to share that with somebody else who needs to hear that, who's tempted to rest in the arm of the flesh, and you can say to them, you know what? I totally get it. However... I prayed to God, and he gave me a whole different thing. He gave me a whole different outlook on this. And I went at it this way, and I was truthful. I was honest. I I went according to the will of God, and he took that Goliath down without me even having to worry and stress about it. And, you know, isn't that the history? As you go through history, isn't that the story of the underdog? Whenever the odds are against you, how many times has that happened in history? It happens so much. And I think God allows that to prove that it's not all about might makes right. It's not all about the guy with the biggest gun wins. Sometimes this guy was a little kid with the, with the straw and this, you know, got the little spitball in his mouth. And he hits someone right in the eye and they can't see and takes down the enemy. And yet the guy's over there with his big bazooka and he's got rounds hanging off of it. It looks like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, and he's got blood all over him, and he's got the big gun. And this little kid comes up. (laughs) Happens so much. Trust the Lord. Finally, in Psalm 44, verse 6, the psalmist says, For I will not trust in my bow, nor shall my sword save me. But you have saved us from our enemies and have put to shame those who hated us. 
In God we boast all day long and praise your name forever, Selah. I love that. I'm going to boast in God. You know it's okay to boast in God? Wasn't that what David was doing? He wasn't boasting about himself. He wasn't saying to Goliath, you know what? I've gotten really used to using this sling. I can hit a branch at 50 yards with the right stone and his leather pouch. It's well-worn. I know it. I've proved it over and over again, and I can, I can do that. He wasn't boasting in anything. He was boasting in God. And it was about his reputation, not even his own. He, he saw himself, I think, as dead. David's like, I don't care. God anointed me. I know he's upon me because I can feel it. I, I think David could actually sense the reassurance in his own body as he was standing before Goliath. Nobody else could understand it. Nobody else knew it. They couldn't understand it, certainly. But David was standing there going, this is not a problem. Why are you guys shaking in your boots? And all them are disdaining him, too. Has the world disdained you? you? You don't have the skills to take this job. Are you kidding me? So many more better qualified people for this job. But God. Isn't that the wonderful refrain? When the world comes at you with everything, with all of its armament and all of its noise and mirrors and loud music, but God. But God. Trust in the Lord. Trust him. And exercise that muscle of faith. But pray first. And you trust him. You do the right thing. Even if it hurts, do the right thing always. Leave the results up to God. Amen? Let's stand together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this uh, this very graphic passage, Lord, there's so much in it, God, and we, we recognize, Lord, there's so much in us, Lord, that has so much, we have so much more to grow, Lord. I know I do as I, as I look at David's faith and, Lord, un, totally undaunted by the machinery of war and the, this man who was a seasoned war veteran. He was nonplussed by it all and yet considered himself nothing but something in your hand. And, Lord, you honored him. You honored this young man. Would you honor us, Father, as we seek to do your will? Lord, as we put off those things of the flesh, Lord, as we turn away from those, those elements, Lord, those things that have, have uh, never really paid off, God. Lord, your word is true. Help us to trust in you, to love you with all of our heart, God, that you would be the only thing that mattered in our life. May it be true of all of us, Lord. Please bless us, Lord. Forgive us for the times that we have been cowards. Forgive us for the time that we have walked away when you wanted us to stand, simply to stand. And Lord, give us the courage and the strength that we need. And Lord, more importantly than all that, give us the baptism of your spirit. Lord, for we need that boldness, that strength of heart in you alone. We thank you for tonight, Lord. I pray that you would bless my brothers and sisters, Lord, and especially those who may be even challenged by this a little, a little much, Father, and maybe even feeling a little bit discouraged. Lord, I pray that they would not be discouraged, but rather be encouraged. Lord, you are the one who, it, the battle belongs to you. 
And we thank you for your goodness, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 1 Samuel. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.